With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Jessica Terville, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you from Rapidly Cooling BC, this is Left and Rally. My name is Kevin, and I just bought a realistic sex doll. She's so real that she just wants to be friends. <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team that invented a new word. It's plagiarism. <laughs> She's so good as an assassin that she can climb a falling tree. Nancy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and her dog ate all the Scrabble tiles for days. He kept leaving messages around the neighborhood. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can see that happen, too. <laughs> I can, too. And she opened a restaurant called Karma and serve you what you deserve. Oh, some people just don't come to that restaurant, seriously. Just don't come. Ladies, welcome back. I hope you have a great week. And, uh... We're going to have a great show today because we're going to be talking to Stephen Woodford of Rationality Rules. Mm-hmm. But before that, we have youthful exuberance back in the house. <laughs> Hi, Dominic. Welcome back. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you had a great week, too. Have you got him tied down to the chair? I'm Sorry. trying. I'm trying. But it's against the law, apparently. <laughs> I've had a good week at school. It's been... A week and a half, but it's fine. Oh, yeah, exactly. We're having fun with being a 13-year-old and, oh, to be 13 again. Oh. <sighs> Just wait till you get into adult life. You'll long for the days again. Yeah, except I long for, like, six. Where you don't even have school. <laughs> I guess I didn't Nobody longs to be six. <laughs> six well, when no, you can get okay, away with almost no, everything. guys, I was homeschooled when I was six. And oh. my there were so many kids at home that <laughs> they couldn't, like, keep us all contained. So you could just, like... Pretend to do schoolwork for like five minutes and the parent would walk away and then you ditched. <laughs> and that was as fast as possible. Double trouble because you have a twin. Yeah. So <laughs> me at six, I was having the time of my life. <laughs> All right. Well, first, let's do a bit of chit chat. Lots of news this week. Uh, I guess we've got to talk a bit about Hurricane Florence. Do you realize why we don't have Hurricane Florence up here? Why we don't? Yeah. Because I've got the, the container with <laughs> the, the swishy, swishy lady, and she kept the hurricane You're very away loud. from me. I'm sorry. So there. So there. Thank you, swishy lady. Well, Hurricane Florence is hitting uh, Carolinas as we speak. Um, yeah. It's uh, been reduced down to a Category 1. It, was, it went to a Category 4 when it was over the uh, Yeah, but the it's still a lot of misery. Mm-hmm. A lot, uh, severe flooding has been yeah. going on there. Uh, they're estimating 380 millimeters of rain is going to fall. That's a 
centimeters is 38 centimeters. That's yeah. a lot That's of a lot rain. Of rain. A lot of rain. Uh, five dead already. Oh, oh wow! Oh, the storm. Wow. The storm is 645 kilometers wide. Damn! Oh. It's a huge storm. Huge and moving what two miles an hour? So yeah, it's like four kilometers an hour. Yeah. It's moving very slowly, so it's dropping just downpour, downpour, downpour. Yeah. I would not want to be there at this point in time. No, I mean mm-hmm. uh, the, it's did. huge flooding, right? And you know, I I really feel for the people of. Uh, Carolinas, but at the same time, and uh, although I don't believe in karma, I can't help but say, about six years ago, they had an initiative to talk about rising sea levels in the Carolinas because of climate change, and they all decided not to, because Republicans. Yeah. And now it's coming back to bite them in the ass. Yeah, it is. I used to live in North Carolina, and... (laughs) Where did you not live? I was going to say yeah. that. Like, where have and you been? And it used to have it used to have a fairly balanced government, the state government, and then the Republicans took over and anti climate change and greed in the pocketbook for the developers. So it's just degraded the standard of living there mm-hmm. quite a bit. But it's a beautiful, beautiful state, and, and Wilmington and New Bern and, and all of these places that are being hit are places that I, I visited. And, and enjoyed so I, I hope they I hope, hope they recover well and I hope there's enough money in FEMA to be able to help um, the individuals who are going to be affected by all that water and destruction yeah exactly, exactly. that's a statement and a half Kevin yeah. why half. because Republicans yeah and of course uh, let's not forget uh, one of our uh, friends uh, Eric the podcaster from the Odd Atheist Friends lives in Carolina so I, let's hope he's alright yeah. Uh, hope he gets back in touch with us soon. Yeah, it's it really it's it's a beautiful state. Anybody who has a chance to visit there should should do it. So I'll cut down the wind now. Don't need the wind. Um, did you guys hear that Canada apparently collected three hundred million dollars in surtaxes? Talk about the uh, the Trump tariff war in the past two months from retaliatory <laughs> tariffs, mainly on imports of U.S. steel and aluminum. And they will funnel that to Canadian Industries, according to the Finance Minister, Bill Morneau. Nice. So it's kind of nice to see that. Although, you know, it would be better if we didn't have that trade war. Yeah. But to see that some, at least some of the uh, ailing industries will get some of that well, money well, back. The, the whole thing, I mean, the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous that we're a security. Oh. I mean, it's just the, the whole world's upside down. A freaking Orange Julius down there who yeah. thinks, he, thinks, he, <laughs> thinks he can pressure us into signing because that's what he's trying. He's trying to do. And it's, you know what? He's feeling so miserably because he's trying to do this before the midterm election uh, for, 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 for the U.S. And you know what? We're, we really should not be in any rush to sign this. No. Let's just wait till after the elections, once if I've elected a few people that have some common sense, and then let's go back to the table and say, okay, now, now let's talk. Well, Justin, I know, Ju- Justin, you know, I know you're listening to the show. I know it's your favorite show. You need to listen. Give me a call, Justin. Uh, you and I will do something about this. Uh, just take your freaking time. Let, let the Orange Julius stew in his uh, soup down there. Yeah, I think so. And if, if from all the news reports, the uh, the farmers and other people in the U.S. aren't thrilled with the tariffs no. either. So even though Orange Julius is trying to do this before the midterms, it's probably going to come back to bite him. Is Trump trying Let's to get hope. back at us for the War of 1812 again? <laughs> it's the only excuse he could find. <laughs> Such an idiot. Um, the UN says that hunger worldwide is actually increasing. 
it has been it had been decreasing for the past couple of years. Uh, people are facing chronic food deprivation. It went from eight eight hundred four million people to eight hundred twenty one million people. Mm. Do we That's know what countries? Uh, God, <laughs> it's all over the place, but mainly in Africa and South America. Um, they've been worse. This is, of course, due to climate change, uh, and it's been reversing recent trend of going down because of increase in uh, in, uh, in wealth and infrastructure. So that's bad news. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Philadelphia, the church, the Catholic church scandal, and oh, that was yeah. pretty bad. Well, now... <laughs> it's just gone bad from oh. bad to worse. There's a German report out of Germany. They talk about 3,677 victims of the church. Wow. Most of the priests that were uh, doing the uh, molesting were transferred, and only one-third of them were actually investigated. The majority of the victims mm. were under 14. There's 1,670 clergy accused. 62% are male victims and 35% female victims. So uh, th- this is disgusting because it seems that the church what? is having a hard time containing this and the reports are coming out faster than the church can put a lid on it. Yeah. I mean, leaving religion aside, mm. we have, just put the Catholic religion over to one side. The church itself has to be totally destroyed and built back up. Oh, yes. Or just destroyed and not built back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can we just take a wrecking ball to that and just go, yeah, bye-bye, see you later? It, it, it needs a wrecking ball and the wealth distributed you know, in ways where it'll do the most good for humanity. And then it, it has, if it can, build back up in a, in, a, in a more... We could be seeing the beginning of the end of the Catholic Church yeah. with, the, with these reports. Where's yeah. Miley Cyrus? It's coming there's all no over reason, the place now. There's no reason for that criminal enterprise to stay, yeah. you know, um, to, to stay, to stay in, in the world. Speaking of Catholic Church, in Argentina, which is, of course, very Catholic, oh. it's 92% Catholic. That's where, they, that's where they send all the rapey priests. Well, uh, right now there's a movement going afoot that uh, 37, uh, right now 3,700 Ar- Argentinian women have submitted an apostasy request. They submitted, basically, they went to the church mm-hmm. and said, we don't want to be part of the church anymore. And it's mainly due to the anti-abortion campaign that the church has been putting on. Mm-hmm. And the Pope, personally, has been going in because he's from Argentina as well. So, so the, like I said, the church is losing control over all of, of its followers. And we could really be seeing a, a down spiral of the Catholic church. So I, uh, I seriously hope we are. Yeah. Because, like, the thing is, like, Especially with the Me Too movement, sexual misconduct is so in the front of people's minds. Yes. Sexual misconduct against children is just, like, Mm mind-blowing. Like, especially when you realize how long it's been going on, how long they've known about it. Yes. And the the lengths they have gone to shield... To cover themselves. Yeah. It's just like, you can't look at that and be like, oh, these people are working for God. It's like, no. (laughs) Quote, unquote, working for God. What part of working for God involves molesting people? That's a good question. (laughs) That is a good question indeed. It seems like I got nothing but bad news this week. I'm sorry. Um, The International Criminal Court in La Haye, you guys are familiar with this? Uh, They were thinking of looking at the Afghanistan war. Well, the U.S. government threatened to arrest the judges if it charges any American. Bolton, what? Uh, the, uh, my, uh, his name uh, John Bolton, 
Yeah. Yeah. John Bolton basically said, quote, we don't recognize any higher authority than the U.S. Constitution. The Hague is outright dangerous to U.S. and Israel. Trump, what are you doing? Wow. That's not Trump. That's I mean, that's advisors. just, a, to me, that's just another step that, that this administration, you know, has in totally distancing themselves the international from the rest criminal of the court. world. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're no longer part of of um, the um, the Paris Accord. Yeah. They're no longer part of, um, oh, shucks, what is it that they do? The, uh, the, yeah, um, the um, just what, they, what human it, rights. Human rights. Yeah, yes. they're out of human rights. There's another one that they've stepped back from as well. But it's just you know the, the march backwards in into the dark ages. Could, could you yeah. imagine back in the uh, in the old days after the Second World War, if Germany had said, "Oh no, we just don't recognize the oh, International Criminal Court." They would well, have slayed kind of them. Yes, exactly. They would have dropped another nuclear bomb on probably on everybody. Oh God, if Germany. Quick side note: If Germany would have done that, I don't think World War Two would have ended. I think we would have still been marching all over them. Oh yeah! So it's it's just amazing that America thinks that they they're bold enough and they think they're big enough to actually just do that and have no repercussion down the road. Nobody's above the law. They have they have absolutely no understanding of how the world no, works. No. They don't. It's, one day it might just end up being USA against the world, and it's it's not a pretty sight to think of it. Either. Well, I don't no, think it's, it's going to go that far. I think there's going to be damage control. It's just how soon and how much. Hmm. In other news, China decided to give $60 billion in aid and loans to Africa with no expectations in return. Apparently, they're going to give $15 billion in grants, $20 billion in credit lines, and $10 billion for development financing. <laughs> Do you really uh, think without with no strings? Well, attached? exactly. That was exactly my thought. With yeah. no strings attached, that's what they say. Yeah. But frankly, it basically means that whenever the UN China votes one way, most of Africa, these countries they're helping, are going to vote the same way as China. Well, they that's want, really what it means. They, they want the loyalty too. If they step yeah, in yeah. and help, you know. It, uh, Although, if that money does actually go and help a lot of African nations, I'm yeah, all, no, no, I'm, I'm all I'm, good with that. Absolutely, I'm all good with that. On the topic that. of but China, I think it has to do a... with some domination in mm-hmm. some way too. But we'll see. And again, on the topic of China, there's apparently a hurricane heading towards them. I saw typhoon. that. Typhoon. Yeah, typhoon. In Thank the Pacific, you. it's no a typhoon, problem. and uh, I think I think it's is, is it towards China or is it towards uh, the Philippines? Uh, that Pro- way, I, I I actually don't know. I've- it's either towards China, the Philippines, or Japan. Somewhere yeah, we don't talk enough about typhoons in the Pacific, probably because we're not close to them. But- well, and it's insane because they do so much more damage and death toll. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just devastating. The infrastructure of some of these uh, poor-lying countries, low-lying countries, is also not built to resist these kind of uh, natural events. Well... Yeah, what was I about to say? Well, China and Japan are on the... I can't remember what their scientific name are. The plates. Thank you. The plates. Tectonic. Tectonic plates. Thank you. No okay, the tectonic plates. They have earthquake shelters that are supposed to be rigged for tsunamis as well. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that. Hey, you, <laughs> I really I, don't. I'm actually impressed here. This is a 13-year-old Canadian boy who is talking about tectonic plates and earthquake shelters and tsunamis. And... I've spoken to American adults. I could not even say it's this. It's almost like we educate our children. Oh, I Education. Wonder. Look at that. Good Go for down you, to America. You'll be a genius. 
And last but not least, Health Canada has asked 102 opioid manufacturers. Remember we talked about BC Mm -hmm. suing opioid manufacturers a couple weeks ago? Mm -hmm. Well, Health Canada apparently asked last summer 102 opioid manufacturers to stop marketing to doctors because that's what they do, right? They go to doctors and say, hey, why don't you prescribe our product? And if you do, you'll get this bonus, right? Only 25 of these companies came mm-hmm. back to Health Canada and responded. Um, six of them agreed. So <laughs> out of 25, yeah. six of them agreed. That, that shows wow. you how much money there is in peddling o- opioids. Last year, 4,000 Canadians died due to opioid use and abuse. Uh, Canada has apparently the second highest rate per capita of prescription opioid use around the world. Let me guess. Are we, America's number one. Probably. Yeah. probably. Are we still under the... Uh, What's it called? In one ear and out the other, I swear. It's the... Uh, it's early. Yeah, it very much is. Well, the, the pharmaceutical companies will say that the, the drug is uh, useful if it's prescribed correctly, and so it's not our fault. We provide the doctors with a tool, and okay. if they mismanage, then it's up to the doctors to be able to prescribe it. Uh, you know, to the patients where it does the least amount of harm and the most amount of good. It is really a, um, it's a cooperative thing. Mm-hmm. It, it is the manufacturers and it is the, the prescribing uh, physicians and it's the patients. But the, the, the patients get the, get the harm. It's you know, nowhere near end. black and white, right? Because if yeah. you take that to an extreme, then you can take that for any other company out there. Uh, for example, you know, do, do you sue a, a car manufacturer for a, a car hitting somebody else? Do you sue a weapons manufacturer for his weapon killing somebody else? Where does it, where does it stop? Um, but there has to be something, and I'm not familiar enough with it to, to, to go into detail, but there has to be something that replaces the opioid in terms of pain management because when someone has excruciating pain due to illness or due to accident, you can't function mm-hmm. without it. Yeah. You need something to be able to control the, the pain level so that's the that's the quandary and the and the dilemma at this point of what what is it that can replace once the uh, you restrict the um, the prescriptions of, of opioid products absolutely and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, are we still under the state of emergency for opioid or did that go down like a long time ago that's a good question I don't know I don't know. That's what I was trying to think of before. <laughs> I, I think also maybe maybe it's something that we also focus on because anything like that, whether it's aspirin or, or an opioid use, it's essentially you're saying you're taking care of the symptom, you're not taking care of the cause, right? But and opioid like, use is that too, right? It's numbing you to whatever pain, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes the cause is as a result of an accident. Yes. And there are no repairs to your body that can be done. Or it's a terminal illness or an illness that has no cure. Mm-hmm. And the pain is the only symptom that can be, that can be managed. We're all so, going to be drugged up. Eventually, you know, <laughs> but at this point... Um, you, you have to deal with what's what's here, and then look 
to to the, to the future, but there's got to be something to replace. I think that's probably why we don't have any natural predators anymore. We're just too toxic. Just, <laughs> oh, you have a human and you just stone for the rest of the day. Yeah, you know? No kidding. Exactly. <laughs> All right, my dear Nancy, you got your top ten? I do. So everybody get their pencils poised Ooh. because this is a top ten and it's also an introduction, I hope, to some things that we here in our in our little classic studio and our audiences will enjoy and that is it's a top 10 of the best westerns ever made the best westerns some of these you may have seen some of these you don't but every one of these on the list is a gem in its own right. So get your pencils poised so that you can write down the ones that, well, write all of them down because there are going to be 10 of them. You really want to see if you have it. And even even if you've seen them, they're worth viewing time and again. So the numbers, like you might want number 10 to really be number one, but if there's if, if your favorite isn't on the list, guys, you can let us know at the end which westerns you think should have been on the okay. list. Okay. I drum okay. roll. Number 10. In 1952, the movie was Rancho Notorious. That's Rancho one that Notorious. I know I'm going to get the blank stares. No, no okay. idea what it is. This, uh, Fritz Lang was a director who moved between a lot of different genres, and he did Rancho Notorious. And one of the reasons why it, it did so well is not only because of the tale of hate, murder, and revenge, which we love in Westerns, but because of, because of Marlena Dietrich. And if you guys remember Marlene, even know who Marlena Dietrich, she was a yeah, German I, I, actress. I know the name, but I can't. She put, was put not face. particularly a beautiful woman, but she had such presence and power that you couldn't take your eyes off of her on on the screen. Arthur Kennedy was also uh, in there, and uh, the bar, which was called Chuckaluck Bar, somewhere Chuck-a-luck near the bar. Mexican like border. So that really, really was one because Marlena Dietrich never did things like westerns, but it was because of Fritz Lang that she was in there. So if you haven't seen it, that's that's one that you, you really want to take a look at. Number nine, did anybody... This is a 2007 movie called The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. I know of it. I have not seen it myself. I hear it was okay. It yeah, was, that's it, what I'm saying. It was, it, was, it was supposed to be, this one I haven't seen, but Brad Pitt was in it. Really? You, yeah. So that, that it was a draw right there. And it was supposed well, to be you, a <laughs> really great movie about violence and celebrity. So there we go on that one. Okay, number eight. This was in 1948, so I know you guys weren't around, but you may have seen it on, on, on maybe one of the movie channels, Red River. With John Wayne and Montgomery Cliff. No. Oh, this was a. I, I, I recognize the yeah. name. I know nothing of his movies. No, but John Wayne and uh, Montgomery Cliff did not have a good relationship during the filming of this movie. But it, in fact, it was it was Montgomery Cliff's first. It was his debut. But it's a very very powerful um, movie, and the off-screen tensions kind of mirrored the on-screen fireworks of this one. I hear there was a lot of tension whenever John Wayne was on. Apparently, he had a lot of tension with a lot of uh, his co-stars. I, I'm not, I don't know enough. I, I know two things really good about John Wayne is the classic lock and load. Yeah. It's supposed to be the other way. 
uh, it's supposed to be load and lock because you load your gun, then you lock oh, it into okay. place. So that was that was John Wayne who said lock and load, and everybody caught on. But he actually said it backwards. Uh, and there was also this horrible movie where John Wayne was very, very insensitive to First Nations, and when he comes in over a, a dead uh, First Nations person, it just shoots him in the eyes. Uh, and it's like, this would not pass muster today. It's yeah. like, oh my god, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have never number, heard of any of these. Um, let's see, we got uh, number, number eight. Okay, number, number seven. Number seven, 90. You all, if you don't know this movie, you, I don't know what to do with you. You're, you're just, you're, you're no, you're no longer educable. That's for sure. Yeah, Christine. I don't care for it. Can, hey, I've actually seen a lot of westerns. Okay, number seven, High Noon. It's High uh, Noon. Okay. Yeah, I have all right, seen it. All, all right, High Noon was yeah. probably the, you know, biggest draw in 1952, and still is considered one of the best classic movies. Speaking of John Wayne, he thought it was a commie plot. <laughs> <laughs> a commie plot. And Howard Hawks made made the movie, and Howard Hawks and John Wayne he did, um, you know, a number of movies together, but it, it, Rio Bravo being one of them. But anyway, today, High Noon's most striking feature was its plot because it was done in real time. The movie was like an hour and a half and so the whole movie actually took place, you know, within that that time. Interesting. Frame. Well that's interesting. Yeah, it was a it was a wonderful it was a wonderful movie. And uh, Grace Kelly mm-hmm. was in it. And um, if you haven't seen High Noon, the the the, the filming, the acting the music, everything about it is just—it's a—it's a stunning movie. And actually, the subtext was an allegory for the political witch hunts that were um, started by uh, Senator McCarthy. Because a lot oh. of times, westerns are ways yeah. to get across, um, you know, social uh, thoughts that are—it's a safe way to do it. You know, it's because it's disguised. But anyway, High Noon. Okay, as long as you guys all remember High Noon. High noon. Okay, we're on the list. Moving down the list, 1992, and this is one that oh. you haven't seen. Unforgiven, of course. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, you saw that one? Oh, absolutely. And did you like it? Yes. Yes, it was good. This uh, nope. probably was um, Clint Eastwood's best movie. It's a Western, but it's also about the flawed mythology yes. of the, the genre. The emotion was very strong in that movie. Yeah. It was very strong. Yeah. And Richard Harris was in it, Gene Hackman. Um, it, uh, the, the, the title, the original title for The Unforgiven was The Cut Horror Killings, which was kind of interesting, but then they, the Unforg- I guess they, they didn't think it would, would, yeah. would pass muster with The Cut Horror Killings. Anyway, um, the... Uh, Bless you. Uh, that, that's a great, that's a great movie. And... The, the last line of that movie was, we all got it coming. <laughs> so, anyway, right. number five. This is a wonderful movie. It's back in 1971. I'd be surprised if you've seen it, um, but, but maybe some of our audience has. McCabe and Mrs. Miller. No. Nope. I'm too young to know yeah, any of these. It was Warren Beatty, um, who, uh, of course, you don't, you don't see him. Uh, anymore, but um, it, it was a, just a, and Julie Christie, 
and it was a wonderful plot. And Julie Christie, of course, was in uh, Dr. Zhivago, mm -hmm. and she was just one of these luminous actresses that was just absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. You know, she was just just a lovely, lovely person. And to, to watch that movie with her beauty and the grittiness of it is, uh, is really, really something. Anyway, that's one that you've got to put on your list. Okay, here we go. Down to number four, 1969. However, this movie has endured because of so many different reasons. Butch Cassidy and, and the, the Sundance Kid. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever seen that one? I haven't actually seen oh, it. It's but everything about that movie works. Everything about it because um, it's a buddy movie and um, it's uh, just the, the, the joy of it, the music, the Burt Bacharach music. It was just, just absolutely wonderful. So that's one that if you haven't seen it, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. That was, uh, that was uh, number four. Um, you know, I need to go back just a little bit because on, um, I, I forgot to mention that on um, uh, uh, Mr. Butch McKay, let me get my mouth going and then I'll be okay with the um, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Miller movie, McCabe and Mrs. Miller. There we go. I finally got it spit out. The the music um, on that in that film was the debut of Leonard Cohen into really? movies. Really, really, it was it was really wonderful because um, the. Um, Robert Altman was the director, and he had heard some of Leonard Cohen's movies, um, music, and he thought it would be perfect. And so he called Leonard Cohen, and Leonard Cohen had never heard of Robert Altman, and he said, who are you? What have you done? Which was kind of a funny <laughs> question. But then he said, um, he said, I, I heard your music, and I really love it. And so Leonard Cohen says, oh, good, you can have anything you want. Uh -huh, nice. Like my music. So, link. so the music through that, and I don't know whether or not you're a Leonard Cohen fan, but three of the the, the uh, uh, songs in there were the Stranger Song, Sisters of Mercy, and Winter Lady. But one of the reasons McCabe and Mrs. Miller does so well is because of Leonard Cohen, and that's just kind of a subtext. But thought I'd mention it because I thought that was really interesting. Okay, so now we're down to number three. <gasps> And number three is a movie called, in 1956, The Searchers. This is an absolutely fabulous movie. The, the uh, cast, John Wayne, of course, Ward Bond, Natalie Wood, Jeff Hunter, Harry Carey, and it's about John Wayne looking for uh, Natalie Wood, who has been... Uh, captured by, by the Comanches and just the interplay of all of these different actors and the story itself and the changes that John Wayne, it's, it's, I think it's one of his I think I've seen movies. that one actually. It's a great, it's a wonderful movie. You really need to need to see that. It's, it's just great. It's funny. It's very sad. Um, but the ending of The Searchers is with John Wayne standing in the doorway, just kind of hugging his his arm, and it's sort of an iconic picture. Okay, go see that one. Number two, The Wild Bunch. I've seen that one. 
You said, what? You Look who this wow. is on that yeah, one. seen that one. <laughs> did you like it? Yes, I did. It's it was really bloody. good. It's bloody. It's Sam Peckinpah, and it's just, you know, bloody and horrible. But what did you like about it, other than the blood part? <laughs> <laughs> that was ba- that was basically all I liked is how the acting was very there, and not like, oh, I'm a Western. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> Like, act it! Act! You felt it a I'm little so more. Proud of Thank you, Dominic. you. How about that? Yeah, you're you're up on a lot of different stuff today. That's great. Yeah, the Wild Bunch gets a, a review from from Dominic, so you really want to see that one. William Holden, Ernest Borgnine, Robert Ryan, very strong cast in that. So that's number I didn't know Robert two. Ryan, Ryan. Yeah, okay, so number one is let me find my Got so excited here. <laughs> that, um, okay. Cue the drum roll. Number one is a movie that you probably haven't seen, but depending on Dominic here to, to bring it. Once Upon a Time in the West. Oh, come on. Really? Really. Hold on. Hold on. According to this list, 1968, a spaghetti western with Charles Bronston and Henry, Henry Fonda. Okay, I've got, and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from the list. But where the hell was the good, the bad, and the ugly on that list? The good, the bad, and the ugly <laughs> where did was not that? make this particular list. But that would be on yours. What about True Grit? True Grit. True Grit was a great western okay. too. Where, All right. I, I protest. I okay. protest. No, no, don't protest. Put in your own. Okay. Uh, which, which ones, which ones would you put in that that um, that aren't on the list? Although at least those two, but I'm not a huge fan of westerns, so I'm, I got to yeah, really I'm stretch my memory. Yeah, I'm not a western person, but the acting and the scenery. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly is so. I mean, it's every, as soon as you ask anybody, people that don't even watch western, name me a western movie, they will say the good, the bad, That's the ugly. A, yeah. It's 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 so classic. Yeah, I and like I'm it. just stunned that it's not on that list. Yeah, that that doesn't make this list. Ne- yeah. Neither did Silverado. It probably is further down, but Silverado was one of those mm-hmm. enormous cast movies I that was great too. The great thing about these top Silverado. ten movie lists is you can make so many of them. I mean, next week you can come with the top ten list of dinosaur movies or sci-fi you could do a top movies. 10 of yeah. just Marvel or DC absolutely <laughs> that would oh top my, 10 hey, action movies or if something if we did Marvel we would literally be here for two hours arguing <laughs> yeah. yes we would but that's it I mean that's the fun of, that's the fun of a list because that should just a be a podcast list, on its own I know yeah a top 10 the first list unless it's based on movie. the amount of money that a movie made which says okay that's it's indisputable because it, if it made more money than any other movie yeah then it belongs at the top but the top 10 list is always subjective you know in terms of the reviews absolutely and the audience but those are 10 I, I am think, still shocked you don't have the good, the bad, and the ugly. Come on, <laughs> everybody knows that. Kevin's list, but that number one. Out. <laughs> it's it's really stuff. funny. Growing up, um, see, I'd walk into the living room and my grandparents would be watching a western. So I might have seen quite a few of these, but I don't know it because I never watched from the thing. I just go walk in and be like, "Oh, there's a western, cool." Also, my grandma enjoyed things like I'm um, like Bonanza. Yeah. Um, I think what was it? Lone Star was it? I think there was one called Lone Star. There probably was. There probably was, yeah. <laughs> like, um, I don't even yeah. know. There's a couple of them that she really enjoyed watching, so that was quite common. Here, here's, some, here's some food for thought. Um, the spaghetti western back then was, of course, popular culture. And today, what our modern version of the spaghetti western is, of course, the superhero movie. 
that's what we have today. As much as they had, they had so many westerns back then. So but many today, it's movies. a superhero movie. I, I prefer superhero movies. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it, it <laughs> has. So much it's better. fulfilling the same role that the spaghetti western was fulfilling <laughs> back then. <laughs> Except today, instead of the western, it's the superhero genre. That's yeah. that's the only real real difference. Yeah, but they're fun. I mean, if you're if you're in the if you're in the mood, you know, when the weather's turning wintry, just to curl up on the couch and just watch absolutely gorgeous scenery, beautiful horses, mm. guys in white hats, black hats, lots of lots of bang bang shoot 'em ups. They're they're a lot of fun. <laughs> or if you're wanting to watch like not an old western, but like a newer western that's like not really a western. Um, uh, frick, what's it called? Oh my gosh, my brain. It's a TV show. There's robots. Oh my god, you're talking about Westworld. Thank you, Westworld. It's oh, really yeah, good. Westworld, yes. I just watched it. Westworld. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think they got the second season going on now. Oh, uh, no, it's out already. Really? Yeah. Shows on my channel. All right, <laughs> my dear Kirsten, you got another brilliant moment? I sure do. Brought to you by religion. Ooh, Dominic took it away. <laughs> so, you know how we were talking about Hurricane Florence? Yes. Well, it just so happens I have a story about that. Can we guess who's involved? Swish You're not going to talk to us about Cat Kerr again, are you? Yep. Okay. He's just so well, she fun. Sa- I, I I, she, she saved BC. No, no. You know what? I am putting a moratorium on Cat Kerr's story starting next week. <laughs> There's got to be some other stories <laughs> out there before that. <laughs> it's just becoming a thing, Kevin. Oh. Yeah. I'll keep it short, I promise. <laughs> Cat Kerr As per usual, it's quite literally... She's doing the same stuff. Or swooshy stuff. Swooshing. Calling her followers to swoosh away. Although, it seems to have worked, because it seems to have gone down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As, oh. Like I said, you know, as a tropical storm hurricane came inland, lost all of its power, because it dries the power it comes from the ocean and the heat. They, Gee, they the can't explain it, Kevin. I mean, they can't explain go, it. You've got a choice between Cat Kerr and Pat Robertson. Come on. Now, who are you going to go with? <laughs> oh, Cat Kerr, obviously. I, I know, had to think Kat of Kerr, fun, happy topics to today. I just had the horrible mental image of a hybrid of the two. Dude, <laughs> dude, you guys, I'm sorry. I just have to pause for a second. We have to marvel at the fact that this young child has had the pleasure of not knowing who Pat Robertson Pat is? Pat Robertson is. I don't even know. Uh, Do I want to, be to young know? And 13. I know, no, right? you don't want to know. <laughs> My God. <laughs> he, he's he's a he's a mummy. They bring back to life once in a while to wag his finger at you. <laughs> uh, but yes, she was uh, commanding the millibars to rise. Oh, the millibars. Yeah. The millibars. That's a great bar. They have a great cocktail there. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Kev. I know. <clears throat> so, moving on. This is the dawning of a new religion. Oh. A lot of people have called the group a cult, but with the size they are now, they're starting to be officially classified as a religious, as Don't. a religion in, by many academics. Fresh meat. All right. The religion is named Sunrise Valley, or Vale do Amenhesser, as in their native language. Sunrise Valley sounds like a what? wine. And they are headquartered in Brazil. The re- this religion boasts about 800,000 worldwide followers. Wow. And they all believe they are ancient aliens who came to help advance humanity and have been reincarnated for generations ever since. So they're, they're basically just like people who watch YouTube. 
<laughs> so, okay. They're ancient aliens in Brazil. Ancient <laughs> aliens in Brazil. What are they just going to say? Avada Kedavra. Goodbye. That's magic. Those That's are wizards, aliens. not aliens. Wait, so how does... <laughs> get your, get your, get your, get so how, how does how does this work, Kirsten? Well, they, they, they reincarnated the same spirits from the ancient aliens? I suppose so. Okay. Yeah, it's very close to Xenu yes. and yeah. the Scientologists. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. This group borrows from other dogmas and faiths, including Christianity, Hinduism, Judaism, the Inca, and ancient Egyptian traditions. But that's not the most unique part of their religion, according to National Geographic. Plagiarism, question mark? <laughs> you just defined all religions. <laughs> you know, he's he, he, you're right in a way. I really wish one religion would come up with something very original. Because the only thing they do right now is basically just out-crazy each other's miracles, you know? <laughs> that could be a TV show. <laughs> in search of the next crazy religion. According to Sunrise Valley followers, extraterrestrial beings landed on Earth 32,000 years ago to advance human civilizations. The beings then returned to Earth through successive incarnations across various cultures and eras. Valley members, known as mediums, believe themselves to be the beings' latest incarnation, the Jaguars. Hence, Rick and Morty was created. Mediums. Jeez. I wish one of them would be call themselves well done. <laughs> <laughs> Sunrise Valley was established by Neva Shavs Zalea, also known as Aunt Neva, in 1959. A widow with four children, she was working as a truck driver in Brasilia, then under construction to replace Rio as Brazil's capital. There, she said, she began to experience psychic episodes, which she later believed to be visits by spirits from the extraterrestrial world. So she had a stroke, and she thought it was a vision. Yeah, that's what I'm okay. thinking. Neva said she was primarily guided by Pai Seta Branca, or Father White Arrow, a spirit emissary who is depicted in statues and drawings today as a native South American leader. It's a fascinating religion, complete with colorful outfits and an interesting origin story, but perhaps most interesting is how quickly it's growing. What well, was the, I'm sorry, what was the last I didn't hear Kirsten? Perhaps most interesting is how quickly it's growing. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the colorful costumes. It really is. Uh, this faith system is one of the most quickly growing spiritual groups in Brazil. Sunrise Valley is one of Brazil's fastest growing religious movements, claiming 800,000 followers and 600 affiliated temples globally. Wow. According to Kelly Hayes, associate professor of religious studies at Indiana University, Indianapolis. Still, mainstream society and religious communities in Brazil often shun Sunrise Valley, categorizing them and other spiritualist groups as cults. Now, you see, I personally, I don't have a problem with the fact that they want to believe in this nonsense. As right? long I as mean, they're not raping children. That's right. All right. <laughs> if they're actually yourself. good, decent people, you go ahead and believe you're a jaguar all you want. Which is kind of funny that they would use something as old as animalism into a religion about extraterrestrial beings. Right? Yeah. And why, why would an extraterrestrial being call himself White Arrow? Uh, like the arrow is a human invention. Why the hell would you? I mean, these, or these are, is it? <laughs> this is going back to like the ancient Egypts. 
It's like, oh, I'm gonna be a mummy and I'm gonna live forever. Are you really? Oh, I, I, I like it because, I mean, it, it, it takes in the past cultures. It, there's not a god to worship. It just all goes through, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the ancients trying to affect, you know, the, the, uh, the, the each each generation with, with goodness and colorful costumes. I'm, I'm Can't much, beat that. I'm much less inclined to uh, disagree with a group like that. I mean, go right ahead and worship your thing. Uh, but we all know that most religions at their base, if not all of them, are dominionist in nature. They start out like they're trying to do good and just trying to do their thing. And, you know, we don't want to bother anybody. But once the numbers get up there, then they start getting political. Yeah. And this is always the problem with a, a religion. So if they want to just stay small and go into their faith and just believe they're jaguars, by all means, go right ahead. You go can roar it. and purr in the corner. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. It's but funny. As, as soon as you, you, your religion starts infringing on somebody else's right... Then it's this, not okay. This is a yeah. problem. <laughs> Keep it in your pants. Exactly. <laughs> what the... It's funny. The evangelicals don't <laughs> like them. They believe the Valley members are under the influence of the devils. Of course. Of course. Here and I there. was looking... I looked at the National Geographic article on this they have like very colorful costumes they're quite interesting although it kind of looks like altered prom dresses and cowboy costume uniforms i'm not gonna lie did they just mix all the religions into one well maybe in a way to take from a little bit column a, column b. it's hard to come up with an original story after but I'll, I'll send you guys the link to the national geographic article and if you look at the pictures it that was my first thought was um was prom dresses and cowboy costumes there we go. Kevin, hey, you, 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 you need to, dress to send up. that to me. You know, I, I, ju- I just had a vision right? of John Wayne as the prophet. <laughs> <laughs> that works. John Wayne in a prom dress. He's yeah. a prophet for me. <laughs> <laughs> First, that was a, the, that was the a, whole thing works. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Kristen. So let's take a quick pause, and then when we come back, we'll be talking to Stephen Woodford of Rationality Rules. That's going to be exciting. So stay with us. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like life, the universe, and everything else. Great comfort, his big stumper was literally which came first, the chicken or the egg? A lot of the interviews took place in front of a building that said liberal arts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing that they're not all science majors. Life, the universe, and everything else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing? Hi, I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. Aren't you 
anti-Semitism was preached as an official doctrine of the church until 1964. Do you think that might have something to do with public opinion in Austria and Bavaria and Poland and Lithuania? That the, the Jewish people were accused collectively as a people of deicide, of the crime of the murder of God in the figure of Jesus of Nazareth. And that, that anathema on them was not lifted until 64, well after the... Uh, perpetrators of the Holocaust had stood trial in secular courts and been rightly punished for their actions. How can this church say it has any moral superiority? It has difficulty catching up to what ordinary people regard as common moral and ethical sense, and it still can't make itself apologize properly. Well, our next guest is a YouTuber, and he has this fantastic little channel called Rationality Rules. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Steven, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. Thank you very much for having me, guys. <laughs> you are very well known in the States. Your channel has been making a lot of headway. But north of the 49th, you might not be as well known. Would you be so kind to of maybe give us a quick bio? Yeah, sure. Uh, the, the strange thing is that my bio keeps changing, so I'm, I'm trying to decide what to settle on. Um, R Rationality Rules is a channel which is dedicated to debunking pseudoscientific claims, and that could be in the realm of homeopathy with uh, medical assertions, or more in general, it tends to be with religious assertions. They're, they're much the same. It's assertions that aren't substantiated with evidence, and what I do on my channel is look at the claims and identify if there's any fallacies being made and basically just make very clear where the issues are hmm. that's awesome yeah that's awesome and we uh, we think you're doing fantastic work <laughs> and i almost want to call you the pretty boy of atheism <laughs> because you know he's got he's got this nice facial hair the british accent yeah, no, no. he's got the, the long long locks yeah i know i am like, very jealous of <laughs> <laughs> I totally got this man crush here on Steven. It's just totally cool. Oh. <laughs> well, oh my gosh. You see, this is this is two things. It's like wow, thank you very much. <laughs> at the same time, it's look at my competition. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that, that was wasn't aimed at us, was it? I won't be able to score any more collabs after that comment. <laughs> Ouch. See, see what, <laughs> let's, do, let's go a bit deeper into your show there. Um, what, what was the genesis? What, what prompted the idea for you to start that channel? Sure. So when I was uh, young, I say about eight, um, I started to have existential questions. Uh, some say that's a little early, and I tend to agree. But... <laughs> I was asking adults around me, people that are wise, smart, educated, what are the answers to these questions? And I noticed very quickly that their answers, they were, they were not substantiated. They, they were mutually exclusive with other people that I asked. And it frustrated me to no end. And so I kept prying with my questions. And in the end, you hit this line with people where they just say, it just is, shut up. Uh -huh. And that's never, never been a good answer for me. Um... It annoys me when parents say, it just is shut up, although I do understand there's a time and a place for it, but it's better to say, you can't put your hand in the fire because you'll burn <laughs> yourself and I will get in trouble. <laughs> um, so essentially, that's what was the birth of my thinking. And then I realized that there's really not been much headway made in answering these hard existential questions because the um, topic 
has been derailed with pseudo-scientific religious assertions. So there's a couple of people out there, I say a couple, there's, there's plenty, you know, Bertrand Russell, David Hume, uh, Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, etc., where they can really add value to looking at it at this difficult situation that we find ourselves in. You know, why is there something rather than nothing, for example, without having to pretend that they know answers that they don't know answers to. So that's where it all, the genesis were, if, if you will. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, maybe I should also ask you so we can find out a bit more about you because now we find out about eight year old Stephen. But <laughs> d- what about your apostasy? Uh, were, were you born in the faith? Were you or were you born in an atheist household? Or no? Well, it's hard to explain, but I guess in short, it would be that where I grew up, it's religious. But I grew up in a poor environment. Um, I, I bounced around with carers and foster care etc so there wasn't anyone really trying to hold me down into a certain religion so i had that flexibility i guess but i certainly uh, rubbed people the wrong way and people thought i was incredibly hubris for a young person and that probably still is the case but <laughs> now i found answers that they didn't have so yeah, I, I, I hope, hope that answers your question. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, so now you've got your your channel, Rationality Rules, and you also do the podcast with your colleague uh, Thomas and oh, I forget what's her name. Oh, jeez, uh, Rachel. Rachel, thank you, thank you. The, the, the fact that you forgot her name does that mean I'm allowed to forget everyone's name? Like, yeah. Now no, that's okay. No, Very no, much no. so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great podcast, by the way. I, I, I absolutely subscribe to it, and I re- recommend everybody uh, watch it. The uh, the Here and How podcast. Uh, no, thank you very much. It was um, it was birthed from Thomas's intuition, and it's been a really fun experience to find myself learning a hell of a lot myself. Mm-hmm. As you know, we host with a different. Um, well, each of us take a different episode where we've done the research and can can deliver the information that we've we've come across. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's been good fun. There's very good chemistry between the three of you. And just to give you an, an idea, the the latest episode was called "Can a Computer Steal Your Face?" What? So yeah, they have some very interesting topics, and I highly recommend you you, you listen to it and watch his channel. Um, Stephen, I gotta ask you. Um, I can't help but make the comparison because you're sitting in the UK. And you're dealing with Americans. Uh, what? what uh, and your channel if I don't know if it's very popular in the UK. I know it, it is here in the States. Uh, is it? Uh, have you seen much of a difference between how people approach uh, skepticism in the UK as compared to the US? Yeah, the U- UK is a great question. Actually, it, it's weird to see what differences there are in the UK and the US. The US is more organized religion and so there's more of an organized opposition in the uk if you look at stats we have far less religiosity but the secret there is not that we're smarter or that we're figuring this out it's that it's just we don't have that that presence of strong faith rather people have fallen into their own interpretations of religion but call themselves non-religious or new age spirituality etc so we we have in, in the UK, it's very much based in that kind of area, and it, the difference is quite huge. Which is ironic, because the UK actually has an official religion, right? Yes. Compared to you, the US, which is secular. Do you, do you think mm. the fact that it's official and that if you're in the religion, you have to, like, I think, don't you have to, like, pay, like, tithes or shit? Because if you're officially <laughs> in it... So, so instead of people being like, oh, I'm kind of in it, maybe, like, they actually, okay, I'm not in it. 
Are you are you are you asking if, are you asking if yeah. of their tax money goes to the church to fund it? I actually I don't know. <laughs> I'm not awake yet. Uh, that's a one-way question. Well, let's ask that question. Is there is there any uh, any government subsidies to the uh, uh, Church of England? Yes, loads. It's incredibly annoying. Um, I, I actually I play table tennis once in a while, and that tends to be occupied in, uh, inside churches. And they turned to me and they said, oh, look, you're getting a benefit here because it's very cheap. And I had to say to them, listen, I've already paid for it via my tax. It's nice to actually benefit from a rationality rather than just watching everyone else <laughs> benefit from a rationality. <laughs> but, yeah, the, it, it's a very peculiar thing that you touch on there, guys, because I think Stephen Fry mentioned that it's quite peculiar that the U.S. has separation of church and state. And yet, it, yet it's one of the only first world countries that's deeply, deeply religious. Whereas you look at countries where there is technically a monarch and it's not, it's just not the case. Maybe there's something more than correlation there. I don't know. Oh, that was about to be my, my next question. What, what, do you, what do you feel is uh, what makes that difference between the UK and, and Canada as well? Because technically mm. there is a preamble to a god in our constitution as well, but the Supreme Court here in Canada has ruled that Canada was supposed to rule as a secular country. Uh, why, why would a couple of countries with preambles like that in their law to a divine being not be as religious as a country like the U.S., which of course is supposed to be the model of secularism? Yeah, exactly. It, it's hard for me... I mean, what I must say is that I'm not educated enough on the topic to know, and the average American might know better than me, but where I sit outside of the painting, I can see the frame, as it were. Mm. I think what it actually comes down to is not what what is officially the case, but what is acted as if it's officially the case. Americans are very... Um, there's much more propaganda. There's patriotism, you know, etc. Whereas there's not much of that in the UK, where people, despite Brexit, it, it is just very much, we're, we're just people, it's just we have differences. Whereas it's an us-them mentality since the Second World War, it seems, mm. very much so with the US. And I think that might be one of the most crucial components, that and education being a little bit worse off. Uh, I think it's, it's, a, it's a hard question to answer. No, I think, I think, you, I think you're onto something there uh, with the, the whole uh, patriotism and the whole holding the flag close to your heart and everything. I think you're onto mm. something. Stephen, in, in, in all your, uh, your uh, shows that you've done for Rationality Rules, which I just love, by the way, I just lo and I love that little music you had at the beginning, too. I just love the little jingle. God, I wish I could play it right now. <laughs> uh, which topics do you really find irritate you the most? That you actually say, I can't believe I'm actually doing a show on this right now because this is something we should should be way behind us by now. It, it's it's a, again fantastic question. It every time I take We're on a topic, fantastic questions. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> well, he thought we were American. I was expecting so. <laughs> too <shy. laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, for your next question, I'll start it off by saying, "Well, that's a terrible question, Kevin." Let me, uh, <laughs> so. Uh, talking of uh, fantastic questions, I forgot what you've asked. So. <laughs> Which topic um, really irritates you the most? I see. Um, whenever I create a video where I debunk anything or tackle anything, I always receive a comment or an email of somebody saying, stop going for the low-hanging fruit and go for this. And whatever this is, someone else will call low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. um, the most irritating, I would say, 
is the assertion that um, the Nazis were atheists and that oh. atheism caused those kind of regimes, same with Stalin. I think it's it's wrong on so many levels that I just can't fathom. I don't know how to have a conversation with someone that, that buys into that. Um, oh, also, of course, you know what it's like to talk evolution to Trump, just being a theory. That's a terrible one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say there is there is plenty. It's it's, it, and it depends on whether or not I've had to address it recently. I guess. <laughs> yes, and of course. Well, let's reverse the question now. So which topics do you really thrive? Do you really look forward to, to actually uh, handling? Sure. So the the best argument I ever heard have ever heard I should say for a god is the watchmaker analogy by William Paley, Mm -hmm. which is an argument from design. Um, Of course, it is thoroughly debunked by Charles Darwin's evolution by natural selection. Until I really could process evolution by natural selection, I found that argument very interesting and actually very, not convincing, but compelling. I found it very hard to fight against. These days, it tends to be moral arguments, but then I find myself strangely closer to the religious when it comes to morality than I do the irreligious because most non-religious people are moral relativists whereas I'm not a moral relativist and the only people that aren't moral relativists seems to be people who are religious so it's a funny one there as well I find morality to be one of the most interesting areas to look at Hmm, that's interesting. So uh, I, mm. I I know you had a debate with uh, Matt Dillahunty. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I'm assuming this is what you guys were talking about: philosophy and moral relativism. Yeah. So when me and Matt spoke, and uh, sorry, did I interrupt there? No, no. Sorry. Um, yeah, when I spoke with Matt, it was in response to me basically saying that his version on free will, which is compatibilism that there's flaws there and that he's not really understanding what Sam Harris is getting out with determinism. So we spoke pretty much exclusively about the strategy and the differences between compatibilism and determinism. And it was a very fruitful conversation. It was very interesting. It's a little unfortunate that my first interaction with Matt Dillahunty is one where I'm an adversary, although, of course, that's not necessarily the case, but he's one of my heroes. It was a very peculiar situation to find myself in. That's but right. at some point, I would like to discuss morality with him because we're very similar, but there is some major differences again, uh, mainly that he only extends it to humans, whereas I say well-being means well-being. You can't just choose arbitrarily humans. That would be no different to saying white humans. Mm. But yeah. You, maybe maybe you can explain to our audience just briefly what is your position on um, on morality? Sure. Briefly, of course, because that's a big question, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best, but it, the big issue with morality is that it's been completely enveloped with religious language, and I think that actually makes it very hard to convey it succinctly, but I will do my best, and that is that words such as good, bad, moral, immoral, right and wrong, none of these make any sense unless you have an anchor which means you need to assume some kind of framework in order for it to say that anything is moral or good. Now, I happen to think that where that comes from is basically the way in which you've evolved. It's, it's, it's a fact about you, so it's a subjective fact. 
in the sense that it's a fact that you can observe via the scientific method. It's objective, but it's also subjective because it belongs to you, just as it's objectively a fact that you have a hand. Um, and basically what this boils down to is that you have likely the urge to survive. Now, you didn't reason yourself into this position. You just have it. You want to survive. So you already have a built-in axiomatic ought. And the fact that it's not justified is just something we have to get used to. Given that, if you want to say vaccines are good for you, or we should vaccinate our children, or I should be vaccinated, you then have this situation where you say, premise one, I ought to survive. As we've just said, you, you, you automatically... Um, axiomatically think that's the case mm -hmm. premise two it is the case that vaccines improve your statistical likelihood of surviving premise three you ought to be vaccinated that way you can have a valid and sound argument um but yeah um, that's the best i think i could do in in such a short amount of time no i think i think it's 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 very logical it's very clear and absolutely and just for your for your my for your reference uh right up here at this show we're very used to dealing with death because nancy was a assassin. assassin for hire so uh <laughs> we're not we're not we're not too concerned should i be sitting she could so snap close? on us any day and you know that'll well, be the last show we'll ever do it's it's wonderful because it keeps our guests very respectful <laughs> I, I was about to say, is, is this going to be my demise if I answer wrongly? <laughs> well, you know, we, we can't say one way or the other. Depends you know. on the views for the show. If you get low views, you might get a visit. <laughs> I mean, there, there is a moral component to this, but, uh, as you pointed out. But <laughs> So if, if Nancy's moral philosophy is moral assassination, I'm interested. <laughs> No, she's. Uh, it's a long story. <laughs> You'll have to listen to several more shows. <laughs> um, of course, since we're Canadian, we can't help but talk about how you feel about Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. You had you did several little episodes debunking the man, which I, I call him the Deepak Chopra for Christians. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Good. What are your views on the on the guy? Uh, pretty much the same as what you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the thing about Jordan is, um, and I'm if I'm honest, I'm sick and tired of of stating this before I criticise him, but I have to because his audience isn't listening to me, and that is that he is obviously an intelligent individual. He's actually yes. got great insights, and he's very good on topics such as politics and uh, sociology. The problem is, is that he is talking out of his butt when he speaks about evolution, when he talks about philosophy and religion. And there was four recent debates. I'm actually doing a video right now where I'm going to be, well, four videos I'm going to do where I review each debate. And I really do think that Sam Harris has buried him um, during those conversations mm -hmm. because he's very much still manned Jordan Peterson's views and just showed that you can play the kind of game that he's playing, mm -hmm. which is basically defining things into mystery because that's a convenient excuse for absurdity, as the founding father, John Adams, would say. Um, I, I think that that's what Jordan's all about when it comes to religion and it comes to philosophy. But I will say one thing, and that is that the reason for his prominence, I suspect, is very much to do with a backlash to moral relativism, which really is a problem, mm. because it means that otherwise educated and 
um, decent people will look at atrocities and not say we must intervene. They will say it's just a difference in culture, and I think that is really a big problem that both Jordan and Sam very much agree on. Hmm. Interesting. And when you say he speaks out of his butt, is that your uh, English way of saying he has uh, heliotosis or he suffers from bad breath? <laughs> it, it's English, guys. Or he, he, he expels <laughs> verbal diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Good it's... Point. He, he, you were saying about frustrating. I find Jordan Peterson to be very, very frustrating to listen to. I've listened to about 150 hours at this point. And, it, yeah, it's... It, the, the, what's difficult is that his cadence is like a preacher. Yes, he is well spoken in areas, um, and what he speaks is about ninety percent true and ten percent uh, butt gravy, and that's all you need to convince a hell of a lot of people because they're latch onto the ninety percent. I just love the butt gravy. <laughs> 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 No, and I, and I absolutely agree. Uh, I think uh, I think he's he's a bit of a problem. But what I what I don't like though, it seems his followers, I, they're almost like Trump voters in a way, right? No matter what he says, I don't think they understand at all what he's saying. But they'll say, "Go ahead," and they'll just give him money anyway, as long as yeah, my, they're on their side. I'm, I'm I'm friends with a YouTuber called Genetically Modified Skeptic. Oh, his, yes. his name is Drew, and he um he posted a tweet actually. It was quite funny where people were saying you just don't understand Jordan Peterson, that's what's wrong. And he replied saying, well, tell me what I'm not understanding. Yeah. And there's no reply. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what's happening here. Mm -hmm. um, I find that Jordan Peterson's rhetoric is very much like scripture itself. It's left so ambiguous mm -hmm. so that people can interpret it the way they want to, and therefore they're going to agree with him, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense, and it's it's a symptom of what you see, not just mm -hmm. uh, with the proponents for Jordan Pearson, but even on the political spectrum, because you'll see people and they'll say, for example, there's so much polarization. They'll say, "Well, uh, you don't, I don't like politician X." And when you ask them a simple question, "What is it exactly about politician X you don't like?" They don't really have an answer for you. It's just the fact yeah. that politician X is not on their side or their team or their political uh, views, and that's simply it. It's, it's it's lowest common denominator thinking, really. It's so peculiar, isn't it? it? It's like, if you make that kind of statement in science or in any form of education, you get an F. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing that you've offered that in the most important topics, which is, you know, religion and politics, for some reason that's okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. Good point, good point. Um, St Stephen, um, you've, you've been doing this for a little while now. Uh, if you go back to when you first started, not your, your channel, but when you first came out uh, as an apostate and in your atheism, would you think that the whole atheist movement has progressed? Uh, do, are we falling backwards? Where, where do you think we stand right now as a movement? If mm, uh, That's a terrible question, Kevin. Um, <laughs> Kevin with the terrible questions again. <laughs> Please don't assassinate me, Nancy. So, step up your game. Nancy, you know what to do. <laughs> Kevin, step up your game. <laughs> and again, I forgot the question, so this, this is good timing for me. Do you think that atheism has gone upwards or back? Um, I think ultimately up. If you look at some of the fresh faces, such as Thomas Westbrook, Alex O'Connor... Um, genetically modified skeptic myself and, and there are many more and I'm sorry if I haven't mentioned them it, it, 
didn't mention it's us. keeping the good, the same rhetoric as the old, which would be Thunderfoot and um, R and R, and um, there's a few others as well, which tend to be very much more ridicule. But the more serious overtones, if let's take this seriously, but maybe have a little giggle as well, I think that that's a great approach, and it's better and more more opening to people who may actually be interested in not just their own religious pills, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think it's ultimately a good step. I think right now we're in a little bit of a dip, and that is because of Jordan Peterson and what he's bringing to the table, but I can see already we're going to come out of it stronger because it's basically, in, in for the longest time, the non-religious hasn't really had to think about any kind of difficult religious topics because they're dead. Whereas where Jordan Peterson's brought something new, and again, I would say that this new stuff is, it's one, not really new, and two, it is pretty terrible. But it's it's re-sparked the imagination, the the wonder in non-religious people, and I think we're going to come back stronger. Fantastic. Now, i, I got to ask you a question. That's a, it's, it's really left field here, so we're going to make a detour here for mm-hmm. half a second. Because you're in the UK, so i got to take this opportunity. Because whenever I look at social media and I look at my feed, I get a lot of these weird stories about how Islam is taking over the UK. And yeah. you're there. You're there. So you tell me, how, how is, it, is, this, is there any truth at all? to this supposed Muslim invasion and these only Muslim quarters. And if you go down there at night and you're some English guy and you're not Muslim, you get beat up and stuff like that. Is there any truth to any of this? Yes would be the answer. Really? And it's it's sad and it's bad. Terrible even. But yes, there is, there is truth to these claims. Obviously, it's been overhyped by some media outlets and some people, but, but it is, and there is real conspiracies where our police and our government, to an extent, are trying to hide those facts. Um, I don't have the, the data on me, but, for example, when you hear these polls where um, 95 to 100% of British-born Muslims think that homosexuality should result in death... That's that's not made up. That is legitimately the case. I've lived in the south of England most of my life. Uh, in fact, all my life, uh, now that I think about it. Um, and I've lived in several areas where I am the odd one out because I am not um, uh, brown or black or whatever it might be. And there's some cases where the signs aren't written in English. So, And this I would put down to mainly a problem with the relationship the UK has with the EU, mm-hmm. which it, upon a time might might be removed. But yeah, there, there is some some truth behind these claims, um, unfortunately. Uh, if you want to know more about that, by the way, uh, Douglas Murray yes. has done some significant research into it, and his, so far as I could tell, what he's saying is legit. Wow. I'm actually shocked by that. I was kind of expecting you to say, "No, no, no, it's wildly over-exaggerated." I'm actually shocked by that. Do you feel that? I know we've seen. I've seen these problems also happen in France. Uh, France had for a, a policy, which I think was wrong-headed, to take mm-hmm. these immigrants and come in and essentially put them all in the same ghetto, for lack of a better word. Is it the same kind of policy that England is using? And could that be the problem here? Maybe there's not really. Uh, actual integration within the population if you're putting mm. all the people the immigrants in one corner yeah I, I would agree with your um 
with your conclusion with the French policy there. Mm-hmm. In the UK, that's not the case. What happens is that people just want to be around people that they, they get along with, that mm-hmm. they have commonalities with. So naturally, that happens. So this, there is certain locations where it is predominantly, um, say, Polish or predominantly um, Muslim. I know that's a race and that's a religion, but the point being is that there's commonalities. Um, so they, they, they do it on their own accord. And why wouldn't they? Um, I would. Wow. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, Stephen, uh, thanks so much for all this. But uh, the mic is all yours, my friend. What's coming up for you? Your 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 your, your podcast, your show, your uh, channel. What's what's coming down the feed there? Sure. So the next, I say the next, but certainly four of my videos, one that I'm working on right now, will be dedicated to each of the conversations that have been had between Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris, the two in Vancouver and one in London and one in Ireland, I believe. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I have just too many topics that I'm going to be taking on, um, <laughs> be them cults or certain religious claims. It, it's amazing. My list, I, thought, I always thought when I created the channel I might struggle for content, but uh, that's not been the case. No. I've also got a lot of people replying to my content who have just, con- I don't know how, but they've really misunderstood what I'm saying, which may <laughs> indeed be my fault, where I need to reply to them. So so I'm. there's always going to be content coming out from rationality rules. Well, it's, it's probably because, you know, your face is on the show and then you just get hypnotized by your look and you just don't understand <laughs> or don't listen at all. They're just, they're just staring at you in your eyes, man. That's it. <laughs> They go, this atheist is at least a 4 out of 10. That's so much higher. Oh, Kevin coming out of left field. <laughs> See, he's going to be able to do a show now just at least talking to crazy Canucks. That's it, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Steven, if people want to find out more about your show and if they want to contribute to your Patreon and all that, where can they find you? They can find me mainly on YouTube. You just type in Rationality Rules and... Apparently, this guy with lovely hair will come up, um, <laughs> um, and that may be me. But that, that's how people can find me. Um, there are other ways, but that's the best way. Fantastic. Stephen, before I let you go, i got to have you say, Hi, I'm Stephen uh, Woodford of Rationality Rules, and I took a left in the valley. Hey, I'm Stephen Woodford of Rationality Rules, and I took a left at the valley. And that was... Of rationality rules, love that guy. That's our yeah. best friend. Well, they're all our best friends. They're all our <laughs> best know, friends, but we. That was know. awesome. Yeah, he's he really is. I could sit and listen to him oh. all day long. I just get lost very, in his eyes. Very yeah. pleasant <laughs> conversationalist. Yes, yeah. he's yes. very very smart, and we've learned a lot from him. And God damn, I look forward to hearing some more from him. Uh-huh. And yes. it's a fantastic little channel. And uh, Rationality Rules, look it up on YouTube. And uh, his podcast, Here and How, with our friend Thomas and Rachel. Uh, they're great people, uh-huh. and they do great, great work. They do. So it's totally worth it. So, perfect. Excellent. Another great interview, guys. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Sometimes that was a really lovely interview. Sometimes we, we are impressive. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to the show today and thank you to you for being with us and uh, you can follow us at leftofthevalley.com you can follow us on Facebook on Twitter at LATV Podcast send us an email at leftatvalley at outlook.com send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor but and, duck when you do it and duck when you do it that's exactly yeah. she has, yeah, she has a grenade balcony. that says pull the pin for another yeah don't don't put up on the balcony it's, we're cha- weather is changing 
in the studio. Give us a five-star review wherever you find us. It really helps us and helps others find the show, and we really appreciate that. Coming up next week, we'll be talking to two ladies of a podcast called Forsaking Faith. Yeah. This is from a very ladies' point of view about a lot of topics. Like the last uh, podcast they did was about their sexuality and the way they came up and all that. It was very interesting. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, on the 29th, our old friend, Robert Stanley. Yeah. The Right to Reason podcast comes back. This is going to be wacky, of course. Course, very charismatic folks of Right to Reason. And in October, our old friend David Fitzgerald comes back and he's going to be talking to us about John the Baptist, the historicity of John the Baptist. Yeah, looking forward to it. And slightly after that, we'll have Brian Keith Dalton, Mr. Deedy. He returns as well, so and there's this one really weird thing. And you guys, I thought about this the other day. You ever guys think that maybe Doctor uh, Mr. Deedy, who plays God, if you wish, has the same kind of temperament as Donald Trump? Hmm. Think about it. <laughs> it's worth I don't thinking think about. I it. want to, but thanks. And of course, at the end of the month, we have our Halloween Ghost in the Valley special, and that will be fun. Halloween. <laughs> So our ghost stories around the virtual campfire. I just want Great. s'mores. Sure, we got s'mores. Yeah. Yay! Roasted in our campfire. Did you ever hear the old joke about these uh, this program they have for ex-prostitutes? And they give little uh, graham crackers and chocolate and uh, marshmallows to kids? It's called s'mores. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> All right, on that bad note, thank you so much, guys. Until next time, take care. When the Americans know my time better than I do, I know that there's a problem. Well, we're, we're, <laughs> we're Canadians. Canadians. We're yeah, not we're Americans. Canadians. We're not Americans. Don't. Oh no, that's terrible. We're, we're America, like upgraded. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. You are. <laughs> Wow. Is it offensive for me to mistake you for Not Americans? Not even slightly. Not even. A- as long Very as- offensive. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, no, it's, no, it's, it's if after we've said we're Canadians, they continue. That's like, me call- that's, like, that's yeah. like me talking to Stephen and calling him Irish. No, 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 no. That's not right. <laughs> or Scottish. It's like the, the accent difference with Scottish and Irish, though, is, oh, wow, it's Very incredible. <laughs> like, uh, top of the morning to you, Kevin. <laughs> That's quite different morning, too. Here, Kevin. How you doing, man? <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, I've had plenty of emails and plenty of people mentioned that that's the content of mine that they most appreciate, and I'm, I'm just happy that it can positively affect people. So you're more than welcome, basically, is what I'm saying. As soon as, um, as, soon as American money takes hold of a team like that, it just turns a person rabid. We called it the Justin Bieber effect. <laughs> 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 Oh, don't bring him in here, please. That's Last because Justin was... Bieber is a metaphorical substrate that's being manifested by Jordan Peterson at the present. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.